Amen. Well, you all can have a seat. It's great to have you here with us today. My name is Brian Wiles. I'm one of the pastors. If I haven't gotten the opportunity to meet you, welcome. It's great to have those of you who are joining us online with us as well during this season. And we are excited to be together today and to continue on in this series that we've been doing. We've been, if you haven't been with us, you've been, we've been walking through uh, this chapter in the Bible, this very unique, very powerful, very special chapter in Romans chapter 8. Some have called it one of the greatest chapters ever written. And so we've been taking eight weeks to walk through Romans chapter 8. We're about right in the middle. I think we're on our fifth or sixth week of that series. And as we've come to that chapter during this particular season of life and of humanity that we find ourselves in, you know, this this chapter has brought a lot of hope. And I think that it's given us help to know how to navigate in the mindset that we need to have as we live in a world that oftentimes can seem fairly volatile and insecure. Romans 8 brings us to the security that we find in the gospel. And I think that that is what is so powerful about it. Well, the world around us may be experiencing so much insecurity, we as followers of Christ can experience the security that comes from knowing and walking with God. And that is a beautiful thing that gives us peace during this season. So as we start off today, we're going to be looking at just two verses in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. And as we start off and we're going to jump into those verses, I want to ask you this question. And the question is this, have you ever felt weak before? Have you ever felt like, like, like just pretty weak? And, and, and I could be talking about physically experiencing weakness, but, but maybe even more emotionally or maybe more spiritually. Have you ever felt like you just haven't measured up or you weren't enough? Have you ever felt that, that feeling of weakness? I know for myself, uh, I, I, I love to... Uh, think that I am stronger than I am, especially physically. And so when, uh, you know, we have a lot of college students that are part of H2O Church, as you know, and college students, they oftentimes move, like almost once a year, you know, they're moving from residence halls or into new apartments. And so uh, as somebody who's worked with a lot of college students, something that I have done a lot of is helping people move their stuff. That has been a regular thing that I've gotten the privilege to do over the course of my ministry. And so one of the things that I kind of decided to do, and this gives you a little picture into my personality, is anytime I would be helping move somebody, and especially if there's other guys around, I would like to set the tone from the very beginning of that experience. So I would typically like to walk into the apartment and grab like the largest piece of furniture that I thought I could lift on my own strength. Maybe it'd be like a love seat or like a heavy chest or maybe a table or something like that. And I would like to just pick it up by myself. And I would like to struggle by these young, stronger guys than me with this piece of furniture just to let him know, like, this, this old man has still got it, you know? Like, he's still got some strength. And I guess it just made me feel good. I don't know. Like I said, it, it tells you a little bit about who I am. But what I've noticed is I'm over the hill now. And so the pieces of furniture that I'm picking up on my own strength have gotten smaller and smaller and lighter and lighter. And so I don't think I'm impressing anybody anymore when I walk in and I, like, pick up a small table like this or, like, a pillow off the couch. I'm not picking up couches anymore. I'm picking up pillows off the couch. And, and, and in those moments, you know, I, I, I have to wrestle with this reality that I'm not quite as strong as I like to think I am. And, and nobody likes to admit that, that they're weak, right? Again, we can, we're talking about physical strength here just to have fun, but as we think about even emotionally or spiritually, nobody likes to admit 
their weakness. In fact, the world that we lives in, live in tells us, hide your weaknesses. Don't let anybody see your weaknesses because if they see them, then they may come down on you. They may expose you. And so we're oftentimes told that we need to hide our weaknesses. But yet, as we look at the pages of Scripture, the Bible actually tells us that we can embrace our weaknesses because when we embrace the fact that we are weak, that gives us an opportunity to press into the strength of God. That's our big idea today. When we admit our weaknesses, we open ourselves up to experiencing God's strength. When we admit that we aren't quite as strong as we think we might be, there's actually power in that. And we open ourselves up to experiencing the strength that God has to offer us. You see, Christianity in so many ways is countercultural. And this area that we're going to be talking about today, it is freeing. Because for the believer, we don't need to hide the fact that we don't always have it all together. We don't need to hide the fact that we aren't quite as strong emotionally, physically, spiritually as we might want to be. We can be open with it and allow God to transform us. And as we admit our weaknesses, we get to experience God's strength. That's what Paul is going to share with us today in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. So let's jump in, and we're going to look at just these two different verses. We're going to have just two different points. Romans chapter, chapter 8, verse 26. If you have your Bibles, you can also open up your H2O apps and follow along on there if that is helpful for you. We're going to look at verse 26 here, Romans 8, 26. It says, in the same way, referencing back to what we talked about last week, that there's a lot of chaos and that God intercedes in that chaos and even suffering for us. So again, in the same way, we have to know what he's referencing back to. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I want to stop right there and unpack this verse and, and, and what I want to draw from this first verse is this, that God gives us strength to pray effectively. God gives us strength to pray effectively. Do you see what this verse says? In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we don't even know what we're supposed to pray for, but God intercedes through his Spirit and intercedes for us. You know, as, as we think about this idea of prayer, I have to imagine that, that a room like this, as people are watching online, our church in general, believers in general, we, we, we might fall into one of two camps when it comes to thinking about prayer. And the first camp, and I've talked to a lot of people who are in this camp, and so I want to say, if you can relate to this, don't be ashamed of it. But the first group of us, when we hear that word prayer, or when we think about prayer, it might be a little bit humbling to admit, but we are intimidated by the concept of prayer. If we're really honest, when we hear this concept of prayer, we're like, wow, like I, I get it. I, I know what prayer is. Maybe you grew up and, and, and you prayed before a meal or you prayed as you went to bed or something like that. It's not like you don't know what prayer is. But, but if you're really honest, the idea of actually connecting with God and prayer seems extremely intimidating to you. And you're like, How, what even happens? I'm not even sure exactly what I'm supposed to say. And for some of us, like the idea of having to pray out loud, you know, if you ever go, and some of us, maybe you haven't even went to a group before because you're like, what if they ask me to pray out loud? What if they ask me to say something and I don't know what to say? You know, a lot of us, we are intimidated by the thought of prayer and you're not alone if that's you here today. 
want to give you some, some hope and some peace. And in fact, this verse is actually really powerful for those of us that feel this way because what Paul is explaining to us is, listen, you may feel weak in your prayer life. You may feel like you may not know exactly what words to say, but don't lose heart because it's not about you. And it's not even about the, the words that you say, but you can simply come to God. And if you are a follower of Christ, you have the spirit of God living inside of you and he will intercede on your behalf. And so we don't have this magic formula that we have to put together to get God to listen to us. We don't have to say the perfect words. We can simply come humbly before God. And even if we just say, God, I don't even know what to say right now, but I want to connect with you. The spirit that lives inside of us will intercede on our behalf. And that should give us freedom and hope. And I'm going to come back to that here in just a minute and maybe even give a little more practicals of how those of us who maybe are uncomfortable praying might be able to, to increase our prayer life a little bit here today. So that's the first group of us who are very intimidated by this topic of prayer. The second group of us are maybe people who have been believers for a long time. Maybe they're in ministry, maybe some of our staff, or, or maybe people who have done a lot of different things. And we feel pretty confident about how to pray. You know, maybe you even know some of those people. Maybe you're one of those people yourself that when they pray out loud, it's like they are preaching a sermon, you know, and it's like, wow, that sounded good. Man, that was pretty impressive. And, and, and those of us who are in that camp, we also need to take heart from this verse that we have to remember it's not about us either. Just because we may think that we have all these amazing words that we can put together, Jesus actually warned us in the book of Matthew that be careful that when you pray, you don't think that you get God's attention just because you say more words or eloquent words. What is important about our prayer life is our hearts. And for those of us who, who feel like we kind of have it all together in this area, it might be important for us to take a step back and say, as we are praying, are we praying out of our own strength? Are we praying out of what we think we know needs to happen? Are we actually submitting ourselves to the Spirit who, again, lives inside of us and allowing Him to intercede on our behalf? Now, I was thinking about examples of this and what it could look like in, in our lives. And I was thinking about this experience that our church and especially our leadership team has went through even in the last couple months. And without going back into all the details, if you were around, you knew that we've experienced some kind of persecution. There was a protest of H2O and everything. And, and during that time, of course, as leaders, we want to be praying and seeking God in those moments, right? Whenever God's doing something like that, we need to cry out to Him. And one of my biggest weaknesses, as a pastor, we're talking about weakness here today, is to rely on my own strength. Just have to be honest with you all and tell you that right now. And so as we're going through that trial, the temptation is to start to pray with a very specific agenda. God, would you make this stop? God, would you bring out the truth? God, would you stop the slander? Whatever, fill in the blank. The temptation is to go in and assume that we know exactly what God is doing in this situation. But during that time, I sense and our team sense God just saying, you know what? Would you just sit before me and ask not for a specific thing to happen, but ask for my will to be done? And I think what we realized is that God was using that situation in ways that we didn't even know on our own strength. But we saw God uh, allow us to share truth and love. And we saw our church come together and love one another and support one another and face what in some ways was persecution that Romans 8 tells us that we are going to face and yet do it in the strength of the gospel. 
And I think that was a powerful moment for me to say, I can't come to God and just start praying my own agenda. I need to come and say, Spirit, would you intercede on my behalf? Because you're way smarter than me. You're way stronger than me. And you have a plan for every situation that we experience in our life. And so as you hear that, you may even ask the question, like, what in the world does that even look like then? Can I even pray anything with confidence? And, and, and what does it look like to, to have the Spirit speak these groans that it talks about, these, these thoughts and these feelings that we simply cannot express in human words to God? And, and, and what I'll say is this, that if you're struggling with exactly what to pray, the best place to start is right here the word of God, to pray scripture. For those of us who, again, feel like we, we have a PhD in prayer, and for those of us who feel like we are extremely intimidated, the, the more confident you are in your prayer needs to be tied more closely to scripture. How can you be 100% confident in what you're praying that it is in, in God's will? Well, if it's, if it's rooted in the word of God, then it is, in fact, in God's will because this is his very word spoken to us. And so if you're not sure what to pray, Back to that first group of us. Here's an encouragement, maybe just a practical piece. This week, open up the book of Psalms right in the middle of the Bible. We preach through different Psalms throughout the, the years here at H2O. Pick a Psalm, maybe Psalm 1, maybe a Psalm 23, maybe a Psalm that you're familiar with. Open up the, the, the Psalm and the, the words to it. Read the words and then just pray through those words. Ask God to use those words to speak to your heart and to speak to the situations in your life. Because as we are praying scripture, we can be confident that that is God's will. Now, the further we get away from scripture in our prayer life, the less confidence we may have. And, and it doesn't mean that we can't pray for certain things. Lord, I pray for this job. Lord, I pray for this relationship. Lord, I pray for this political outcome in the election season. Whatever the case may be, doesn't mean we can't pray those things. It just means we need to have more humility. The further we get away from scripture, the more humility we need to have in our prayer life, right? We can't make demands about, to God. God, I need this job. If you don't answer this, then I can't believe that you are good. I can't believe that you are real. That's a dangerous place to be. Confidence in our prayer life, humility in our prayer life, all of it drawing and connecting us to God as we rely on the spirit who lives inside of us that helps us in our weakness. That is the power that God gives us to pray effectively through his spirit. Let's jump back into the, the final verse that I want to look at in this section. Romans chapter 8, verse 27. It says this, and it says, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit of God intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. See, the second point is this. God gives us strength to make our hearts right. God gives us strength to make our hearts right. It says, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. You know, there's, there's this kind of phrase and this uh, belief in our, our world and our culture right now that can be a little bit dangerous. And, and sometimes some of the most dangerous beliefs have just enough truth in them to, to make you think that they might be right. And, and the belief is this, if you just follow your heart, everything will be okay. Just follow your heart. Your heart can never lead you wrong. 
Have you ever heard somebody say something like that? And again, I, I get that there's some element of truth in that, right? Because there, there's some piece of us that, that, that should trust ourselves on a certain level. But, but that advice, that advice can be extremely dangerous. And as a pastor, I've seen many people fall away from the Lord, make decisions that don't honor God because they were just following their heart. And so we have to be careful to warn about some of the things that we're taught that may sound appealing and yet aren't backed up by Scripture. You see, in, in the book of Jeremiah, the, the prophet Jeremiah was writing to a group of people who, who were kind of struggling with whether they were going to follow God or not. And in verse 17, or chapter 17, verse 9, Jeremiah says this. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So Jeremiah doesn't say, just follow your heart, it'll be okay. He actually says, hey, make sure that you watch your heart because this thing right here, our mind, our heart, it can be deceitful if we trust only in ourselves. And yet the power that Paul tells us here in Romans chapter 8 is that, that God is working. He wants to help us in our weakness. So even though our hearts are weak, we have to admit that first. And that's a humbling thing to admit. That's a hard thing for many people in our world to admit. But when we're real about our weaknesses, then God can help us, right? So once we recognize our hearts may be deceitful, we realize that when we invite the Spirit to come live inside of us, when we as followers of Jesus say, God, I need you to take over my weak heart, my heart that can even be wicked at times, my heart that doesn't always lead me to you. God, I need your strength and your spirit to live inside of me because my heart will fall short. If I follow my own heart and only my heart, I will fall short. But if I follow the spirit that you placed inside of me, the Holy Spirit that indwells us when we become followers of God, then I can experience the abundant life that comes from knowing you. You see, that, that reality of our hearts not being able to be trusted at times, it could seem like bad news, right? And, and you may leave here even thinking, oh man, like, am I just a horrible person? But the reality of Scripture is that we're not supposed to leave here without any hope. Romans 8 is all about the hope that we experience in the gospel. We just have to come to grips with our weakness so that we can experience the hope that says God wants to help us. God sent us his spirit to actually help us. And there's something really cool in this passage that, that helps us and points us to the fact of the very character and the nature of God, that God exists as a trinity. God exists as three distinct persons so perfectly united together to make one God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit working together to make one God. God. It says, and the Spirit searches our hearts and the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to God's will. And so what we see is that we pray to the God the Father through God the Son by God the Spirit. We pray to God the Father. We, we think back to Jesus in Matthew when he gives us the Our Father, when he gives us the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So Jesus is always modeling for us not to pray out of our own strength, but to say, God, don't take my heart. Don't take my plans as I'm praying, but take your will in each and every situation. We pray to God the Father through God the Spirit. And it's interesting that, that 
if you really think about it, it'll kind of blow your mind, right? Because what Paul is saying here is that God is praying to God on our behalf. God, the person of the Holy Spirit, is praying to God the Father, the person, on our behalf. And it's mind-blowing, and yet it's comforting to know that the Trinity exists and functions in a way that actually helps us connect with him, even in our weakness. So the encouragement is, the Spirit is working on our behalf. And as we look at the chaos in our world, and we are tempted to be faced with anxiety, and tempted to be faced with saying, God, I don't even know what you're doing right now. God, how could this happen? God, how could we experience this? Scripture tells us we can come to God and we can just say, I don't even know what the words are to say, God, but would you intercede for your people? God, would your will be done? You see, this sermon isn't about our weakness. Our weakness is part of it, but Christianity isn't about staying in our weakness. We have to recognize it, But as we recognize it, then we can move through it to experience the power of the gospel that is given to us in the Holy Spirit. So let's not leave here defeated and focused on how weak we are, but let's leave here empowered and focused on the reality that when we are in Christ, the Spirit indwells us and lives inside of us. The beauty of the gospel is that we get to tap into the power of the Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth, who created you and who created me and has a plan for each and every one of us. As we cry out to God and say, would you intercede on our behalf? We experience his power. And it all starts with the gospel. It all starts with each and every one of us recognizing the reality that we need Jesus, that we're broken, that we have sin, that we've done things wrong, that we are weak. And when we turn that weakness over to God and say, God, I can't save myself, I need you to redeem me and make me new from my sins. We accept Jesus into our life. We repent from our sins and we turn and we follow him. And in that moment, we experience the the power of the risen Savior, Jesus, in our lives. And we get to be a light to the world around us. So let's leave here as people of hope. Let's leave here as people of power, recognizing our weakness, turning those over to God and saying, God, would you use us in this world in ways that we can't even imagine. But you use the things that we say and the things that we do to empower the church and those who know you to make an impact in a powerful way. So I'm going to pray and invite the band up, and then we're going to spend some time worshiping God for the power that he gives us. God, we thank you for this truth that when we are weak, you're strong. And that your power is made perfect in our weakness. God, it's it's hard and humbling to admit that we fall short. And yet, it's such a true reality that every single one of us faces. And so God, in the midst of that reality, would you help us to know you? Would you help us to walk with you? Would you help us to rely less and less on our own will and more and more on the Spirit? that lives inside of those who believe. I thank you for the beauty of the gospel. Lord, would we always remember it in all that we do. In your name we pray, amen.